welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. This episode is sponsored by 3M, Conquer, and PPG. Welcome to the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast, a show created to help painting company owners build a thriving painting business that does well over $1 million in annual revenue. I'm your host, Brandon Pierpont, founder of Painter Marketing Pros and creator of the popular PCA educational series, Learn, Do, Grow, Marketing for Painters. In each episode, I'll be sharing proven tips, strategies, and processes from leading experts in the industry on how they found success in their painting business. We will be interviewing owners of the most successful painting companies in North America and learning from their experiences. In this special live recording of the Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast at PCA Expo 2022, Brad Ellison of Somerset Painting, Chris Elliott of Onnit Painting, and Chris Mole of Mr. Mole's Painting discuss lessons they learned from Nick Slavic's Ask a Painter Live Winter Retreat. They deep dive into limiting beliefs and how they have worked as business owners and leaders to improve themselves and in turn, improve their companies. This was definitely one of the best episodes ever recorded of the Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast, Lightning in a Bottle. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, Visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Guys, thank you for coming on this live panel, Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast. The first time we've done something like this, we have Chris Mole, Mr. Mole's Painting. We have Chris Elliott on it painting, and then we have Brad, Eller- Brad Ellison. Somerset painting. I do apologize. It's a tough Brad. name to say. I know. It's, it's like, the Ellison thing is, is yeah. difficult. Can you guys just go around, introduce yourselves a little bit about your company, where you're based, what you do? Yeah, I am Chris Moore, Mr. Moore's painting. I have a residential repaint company in the frozen tundra of Bagley, Minnesota, the big town of 1200, and that is uh, northern Minnesota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris Elliott, Onnit Painting. We are located in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, we specialize in residential, commercial, uh, and uh, uh, painting and repairs. Um, and excited to be here to chat with you guys. Yeah. And Brad Ellison, Somerset Painting, located in Metro Detroit, and we specialize in residential repaints. Awesome. So we are here live at the PCA Expo in Orlando 2022, an amazing event. I guess I, I want to plug it. PCA set us up with this podcast suite. It is by far the, mm-hmm. the sweetest setup I have had for a podcast. Sure. What have you guys experienced? What's been a takeaway? What's been a benefit of this expo so far? Yeah, I would say the benefit for me, I mean, we're, we're hearing a lot of amazing speakers and content. You know, the, the messages they're sharing are, are valuable. Uh, for me, honestly, it's rubbing elbows with guys like you, Brandon, and Chris, and Chris, and 
um, Jason Paris and Nick Slavic, these guys that are industry leaders and industry uh, thought leaders, and I get to spend four days with them and uh, and learning in, in that one-on-one setting. I, I, that's most valuable to me. I, I, the relationship um, and the kind of iron sharpening iron. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, there's something special when we all get together and we're able to network. We're able to learn from each other. Uh, we're able to gain so much experience through um, the exposure to mm-hmm. our peers and, and experiences they've gone through. Um, and maybe we can prevent a little bit of pain in our businesses um, by the stories that they share. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a really special time to, to get to um, spend together with some of my peers in the industry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the sun too. I know no longer on the tundra but yeah I mean I can I can touch on that a little bit as well I think the best conversations happen I mean yeah there's a lot of value you get from the lessons and the the, the classes that we that we take but I think the magic really happens after hours mm-hmm. when you're when you're relaxed and you're in good company he means once he's had a few drinks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> after a couple of old fashions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, exactly the same. I mean, networking, yeah. and building relationships, and meeting new people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we all had the privilege of spending some time together at Nick Slavic's Ask a Painter Live Winter Retreat yep. uh, a few weeks ago, and there were a lot of deep conversations at that uh, event. You know, taking close to an hour, I think, per person on, on a deep dive. And, and one of the themes that came up over and over again was this idea of overcoming obstacles. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously that's something every entrepreneur struggles with, something every painting company owner struggles with, regardless of, of where you're at, because you guys are, are well uh, farther ahead than a lot of our listeners, and you guys still have these obstacles. So I would love if we could spend this time kind of diving into what that looks like for you guys, maybe how you got to where you're at, what you've overcome, and what you're still struggling to overcome. Yeah. Whoever wants to kick off. I can do that, I think, as well. Yeah, go for it, Mr. Mall. Yeah. So so I've been in business for four years. Um, as some of you may know, I'm not actually from America. That's um, <laughs> where that smooth accent comes from. Yeah. So I'm from Northern England. Little, little quick backstory. So I'm from Wall's End, which is an old Roman Empire town where the Roman Wall ended, in Newcastle, Northeast England. And um, the age of 16, you either leave school or you, um, you go to a trade school. And I went to a trade school. And from the age of 18 onwards, I used to restore old 14th and 15th century castles. Mm-hmm. And that gave me the ability to be able to um, create revenue by the movements of my body and um, being able to travel anywhere in the world with a, with a paintbrush and a roller didn't even matter if I spoke the language. I've been to Greece, Cavos, Corfu, Spain. I've been Paris. I've been all over the world from a young age traveling. And um, yeah, I, I, it's so valuable being able to, being able to create that, um, create revenue wherever you go with this, with this painting thing that we've got going on. And one of the obstacles are, uh, that I've overcame. So, so I, I, I traveled seven years ago. I met my my beautiful wife, Katie, who also runs a business with me. Um, four years now we've been in business, and for the first three years, 
I never had a single employee. I mean, we had, so to start over, we are in a town of 1,200, but we service an area of 16,000. And within an hour radius of that, of that, the biggest town doors is about 60,000 people that we service. So really small area, so less clients, less employees. So you really got to, um, within the first three years of business, I'd never had a single employee that stayed with me over six months. And I had to ask myself as, a, as an owner, take ownership in it and say, what am I doing wrong here? What am I, what can I do better? And I met Chris Elliott, believe it or not. And, um, and his big thing is like leadership and being able to inspire your team. I learned so much from that. And I implemented um, like Monday morning meetings and find out what they want, celebrating wins, um, commiserating losses, um, IDSing on problems, solving them together, making them feel a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And my one of my current employees now has been with me almost two years uh, since we implemented them systems. Um, we're now doing one-on-ones, which every single, like every quarter, we're doing one-on-ones with each of our employees and being able to find out what their goals and aspirations are. It's really eye-opening. And um, yeah, it's really powerful. And that's so go back if, to if I could jump in, yeah. first off, I'm shocked that the number one obstacle you have is not the size of your market, right? I mean, I'm in Metro Detroit and I, I envy guys in bigger markets than that. And I have literally, I don't know, 2 million people within an hour of my house that I could service, right? And you have 60,000, which is the size of my hometown that I grew up in, yeah. right? So kudos to you that that's not your biggest obstacle and you've overcome that. Um, how did you, but how did you find employees? So you realize that, you were getting these employees and losing them, and now you have some. And you're you through Chris's got you know uh, example. You are now developing leaders. Mm-hmm. But how did you find employees in such a small market? Like what did you do to find them? Yeah, so it was a grind. Um, the first three years, and it's just consistent um, posting. And I made a, a name for myself really on Facebook, mm-hmm. and I'm a volunteer firefighter, so. In my, in my hometown, so it's doing a lot of community work and um, talking like, it's a big thing in a, in a small town. If you, if people know that you've restored 14th century castle, they're like, oh my God, like they're, it's a, it's huge to them, you mm-hmm. know? So I just think being different has helped me attract people in, the, in that area. Do you do you have a specific message when you're recruiting employees for your team that that you feel has really resonated and been able to help you uh, capture the interest of good talent, good candidates? Yeah, I mean, in a way, yeah. I think it could always be better, but I think, uh, yeah. One of the first lines is that I used to restore old historic buildings back in England. Mm-hmm. I want to teach you my craft. Mm-hmm. 
that so resonates with people that you're trying to bring on board. Resonates, I think, or with the right people that you want to bring yeah, on board. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think a, a part of it establishes you as an expert to some degree. Uh, mm -hmm. Gives you a bit of authority, um, and then I think that that emotion comes through is like, hey, I want to give this to you because if we can help our people acquire skills, skills have utility. Yeah. And that's something they get to keep and use for life. Forever. Right? Forever. Um, and there's something that there, I was trying to uh, segue here, give you a uh, lob enough for you to knock out of the park there. But uh, you, when you say your mission uh, of, what is it? Oh, the, the, the happiest, happiest clients. The happiest employees. Yeah. Oh man, mm. dude. Every time you say it to me, it's so clear, concise, and compelling. And it just like, it hits me on emotional and a logical level and, and mm -hmm. it's really powerful. Yeah. I'll try to keep it simple. Yeah. But, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's a great message. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. I think happy employees make happy customers. For sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Start, start and vice versa as well. Yeah. 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 yeah hundred percent. So, you know, one of the things you and I were speaking a little bit yesterday and, and you kind of were talking about what you just mentioned, which is you're, you're trying to give people opportunity and really figure out what they want. Right, mm -hmm. not just hey, come work for me, and I'll pay you X, or I'll, I'll give you benefits, and just assuming what they want. Mm -hmm. So when you're having these one-on-ones, when you're having the, these Monday meetings, what do they want? What What can other people? Mm -hmm. They maybe don't know what employees want. What do, What do they want? Sometimes they don't even know what they want until they're asked the question. You know. Yeah. So sometimes they just need somebody to be intentional about caring about them and wanting to know that and be involved with it and help them. I mean, it inspires people, you know, and, uh, yeah, so you lose a lot of people because I didn't have that. I thought that the be all and end all was to, I'm going to teach you how to paint, right? And the, the best I possibly can. I'll spend every single day with you and I will, I'll do everything that I possibly can to make you into the best craftsman you can be. Mm -hmm. Well, it actually... It's not really what they want. They'll get, they'll learn about 80% of what I've got to offer. And they have no, they would either go out and start their own company or go to the next company that's going to offer them an extra $2 an hour because mm -hmm. you haven't got anything more to offer other than teaching them a trade. So I had a, what else can I offer them? What do people want? So you ask yourself, what do they really want? What would I want? So you put yourself in their shoes. I think what I would want is somebody to actually be personable with me and find out what my goals, aspirations, what my, what I really want in life. And yeah, the, the leadership thing. I think it's, that. it's such a great point. I mean, we all, um, we all get caught up in like what the compensation is, but people want more than just compensation. Right? They want opportunity for growth, which mm -hmm. is what Chris was just saying. It's like, hey, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to look at your uh, what the opportunities for your growth trajectory where their company looks like. They want autonomy. They want mastery. Right? They want um, uh, they want leadership. Right? And and a big part of leadership is is uh, Chris was just alluding to with these one on ones. It's like being a good listener, just like coming alongside of them, listening to what their goals are personally and professionally. And, and sharing some of your wisdom and maybe help them um, um, on their path of pursuing that. But if nothing else, like to position yourself as an accountability partner so you can create some type of rhythm with those one-on-ones 
of holding your people accountable to the things that they say they care about, not the things you're assigning to them. The things that say, hey, I want to buy a house this year. Great. Let's look at let's look at the tactical steps that we need to take for you to buy a house this year. And we're going to meet once a month and we're going to talk about that. Have you pulled your credit score? Have you talked to a lender? Have you defined the area that you want to live? Right? Those are not hard things, but sometimes like people that Chris said, people just don't know what they want or they don't know the path, right? And uh, as a business owner, we've, we've gone through a lot of hard stuff, right? Yeah. We've learned some lessons and if we can share those lessons with our employees, then we, we impact their lives and then that can get past the office. So I would say all of this is highly applicable and accurate for an employee-based model and mm -hmm. oftentimes not at all applicable for what I do, which is a subcontractor model. Mm -hmm. uh, my my painters don't want to learn how to paint. They already know how. They've Most of them have been doing it and been in the industry for three times longer than I have, right? Sure. But but oddly, I run into the same issue that you had, Chris, in that crew retention for me when I when I started, when I joined Somerset was the biggest issue. We would, Rick, my partner, would have crews and he'd lose a crew at the end of the season and then he'd gain two more. And then he'd lose two, or he'd lose two and gain one more. And it was like this never-ending battle of adding and subtracting and he couldn't keep crews around. So when I came in and kind of surveyed the landscape of Somerset painting, I identified that as the number one issue. You know, almost everyone can identify with the fact that production and, and finding good workers and crews are the limiting factor to our growth. Most business owners can sell jobs. I know the two of you guys can sell the crap out of painting jobs, right? I can that's, sling some paint that's jobs. That's never going to be a limiting factor. The limiting factor is going to be, can you find the people to produce them? So that's what I, I kind of changed the paradigm with Somerset is like, okay, why are these crews leaving? What are they unhappy about? Well, they it wasn't that they, they wanted me or Rick, to my partner, to mentor them or teach them how to paint or provide leadership or guidance. What they wanted was for us to provide as easy a process as possible. We, they want their lives to be easy. And that's my goal. How can I make their lives easier by working with Somerset Painting? So that's making sure they are compensated fairly, making sure that they have... Compensated quickly. Quickly. That was the next thing I was going to say. Mm -hmm. Paid immediately upon the completion. Yeah. Uh, and and then I have work for them. Yep. Right? And if I if I can do those three, thi those three things uh, consistently, then they're going to continue to work for me. And then there's no reason for them to go out and try to find their own jobs or go try to find other contractors to work for. And so while obviously none of us will ever totally overcome these obstacles, you're still going to have the issue, Chris, of yeah. keeping employees. And I'm still going to have the issue of some crews think that the grass is greener on the other side, right? But if we can continue to, to figure out what it is that these guys need to have them stick around. And then deliver it. Yeah. And they will. And deliver, they, of course. Yeah, it's the same. So as I was saying to Chris, like that having the messaging um, in your in your marketing of employees, um, the same thing with, with crews. It's like, hey, we pay fast. Mm -hmm. We have consistent work. We're going to treat you right. Mm -hmm. Right? Like we have a promise to our customers that um, we're uh, going to be on time. We're going to do what we say. And we're going to treat your house or your business like it was our own. Mm -hmm. We also have the same thing to our crews. Like, you're in, we're going to make sure we have, we're going to fight our butts off mm -hmm. to make sure we have work for you. And when you complete that work at a high level and, and assist us in delivering a great experience to our customer, we're going to make sure we get you paid. Right. Yeah. Right? And we pay our crews well before we ever get paid from the customer. Yeah. That's the reality. That's so awesome. we're, we're paying our guys and then we're, then we worry about billing the customer to get our money. Brad, how did you figure that out? Did you actually interview them? Did, was it trial and error? How did you figure out this is what's going to help retention with your crews? 
in, in speaking to the crew leaders, like what would what would incentivize them to continue to work for us? And to what Chris Elliott said is like, well, what would incentivize me? Listen, all I want to do in my life is make my life easier and make more money. So how can I do that? Well, guess what? I found the opportunity to run. Right now, I found the opportunity to run a painting company and make a lot of money and not work that much. Um, and you know, when we were on the retreat, and, and Nick Slavic said something about he was commiserating about some of his employees like not being totally satisfied with working, um, 100% satisfied working we'll, for we'll, him. We'll edit that part out. Yeah, no, keep going. <laughs> oh, was that in the circle of trust? You're, you're doing, you're doing yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, and, and I pushed back on him. It's like, we're, none of us should be 100% satisfied where they are. And any one of us at this table, yeah. if, if another opportunity was presented to us tomorrow that we think is better than running Painter Marketing Pros or Mr. Mole's Painting or Onnit Painting, you think it's better for you and your family, you should be willing to walk away and do something else. So that's the same thing for our crews and that's the same thing for our employees, right? So it's our, but our job then as owners is to create as hospitable an environment as we can so that they won't find a better opportunity. What if it's not all about retention? What if it's about making an impact on people's lives? Like I have a, a crew member of mine that just this one, one-on-one -on -one that I've done with her and these Monday morning meetings has, made her a better this is what she told me it's made her a better mom mm -hmm. a better wife a better like um firefighter a better like a better person all around by just being intentional and listening i mean there's something so powerful about just hearing someone out and trying to give them the tools to be able to overcome obstacles in the way because mm -hmm. nobody's done that before for them do you, do you, this is going to be a little bit rant, do you accidentally like houses on fire? Like, does everyone at your company have to be a volunteer firefighter to be a painter there? Or <laughs> no, well, she's happens. actually in a different town. So oh. she's the next town. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but yes, um, Chris, I've witnessed that Chris. Chris does light houses on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that one out. I'm just <laughs> working that brush too fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think it's such a good point. I mean, we have to, Legacy. We, we should all want to invest in our people. Sure. Right. Um, what does legacy mean to you? It means everything. It means absolutely everything to me. What does legacy mean to you, bro? Well, for me, I mean, I have a very complicated family history, and my legacy for my kids is that they will not continue the legacy that I inherited from my from my family. Um, and that's part partly financial, but most importantly, is like my parents are going to have a dad that's present and loves them. Sure, right? And that's and. It's funny, I, our, I think our parents either teach us what to do or what not to do. For right? sure, and you can yeah. take it both ways. They say hurt people hurt people, which is totally true, yeah. and I understand why that happens, but you have a response to your to your situation, and you can either take it as a, a sure. negative or turn it into a positive. Um, and I, I talked about this in, um, in Minnesota, too. It, I, I'm not passionate about the painting industry, and I've said this publicly before. Um, I'm passionate about helping people, for sure. That's, that's a nice thing. What I'm passionate about is my family my faith and fitness and everything that I do around my uh, life or professionally is only done to serve those three things now and that make me might make me sound self-centered and when I say like I want my life to be easy I want to make more money the way to do that is to help people do those same things and so you provide opportunities for other people to do those same things and then guess what happens you're rewarded with the things you want for sure and I think that um, this ties in nicely with the one-on-ones because what you just said was so 
precise, right? It's these three things that I care about and I've organized my life around being great at these three things. And sometimes you find out that one wants, like everybody's trying, like someone's trying to be great at everything. Mm -hmm. They're trying to be great at work. They're trying to be great at that. They're trying to be a great soccer player. They're uh, playing softball. They're doing everything. And sometimes we just have to give them guidance. Like, what do you really care about? Mm -hmm. What what should you be investing in? And if you have that superordinate goal, then everything else is going to follow in line and be more healthy. Yeah, Yeah. it really should. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, What what was the, the book that we read? Grit. 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 Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. kind of happened one or, or two. And I remember she, the author was saying, you know, she has this subordinate goal of her business and, and her career, but then she also has one of her family. And this personally helped me. Sure. Right. And I'd actually like to dive into this for a second because we were talking about this before the podcast started. But those goals sometimes directly conflict. Right. During right. you spending time with your family, I think you gather strength. I know I gather strength from my family and motivation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a lot of the reason I do what I do. But it's also, it pulls time, it pulls resources, it pulls emotional energy at times. And she said, that's okay. You know, she has accepted the fact that there's conflict there. There will continue to be conflict there. Mm-hmm. And that's just okay. That is what it is. But I would love to, you know, we're all very family oriented here. We, we were touching on that. And I know we didn't discuss this beforehand, but I'd love to kind of touch base on, on those painting company owners who are out there grinding. Maybe they're 80, 100 hours a week. Maybe they're wearing all the hats sure. right now. How, how do they justify that? Do they justify that? It, does it make sense for them to, to not be spending as much time with their kids right now? What do you guys think? I think we're all in different stages mm-hmm. and ages mm-hmm. and phases of our business, right? There is a time where you need to grind, right? But you should be seeking to um, grow out of that technician position and be a, a, an actual business owner, right? So you can learn the art of delegation. Um, but I think, you know, one thing we were touching on before we started recording was like, we're all seeking balance, right? But balance may not be completely uh, reachable, right? Complete balance. Maybe it's counterbalance that we should be seeking. Maybe it's right now, I'm gonna pour into my business. I'm gonna give it all, Monday through Friday, it has me. But Friday evening to Sunday, and this is my, my friend Chris Mole here, so good at it. He doesn't take my, he'll take my call any minute of any day, Friday night to Sunday, he, he it's it's all family. Really, that's right. Great, that. He has hard lines. He has very clear. Even with you guys are good friends. That's, yeah, that's really yeah. great. Yeah, he, he, he answers, answers my call on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably, I was, you. I was just trying to make a point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you know, it's like you know, maybe that's what it is, and then maybe uh, maybe you get to the point where your business is is humming, and it only needs you for twenty hours, and you can give your family much more time mm-hmm. right um, mm-hmm. and, and I know that's something that uh, Bradley cares a ton about right and, and we all do right that's what we're all seeking um, so we're um, it's not always going to be 40 hours to the business and 40 hours to the family no. right and the Bible speaks to it I'm a Bible believer and it says there's a season for everything and I think that these guys that are that are grinding 60 70 80 hours a week uh, as they're as they're building their business to provide for their family it's t- totally honorable right the question is, they're now they're five, six, ten years in, and they're still doing it. And right. if they're doing it because they don't want to go home to their family, well, now we got an issue. And, really I, and I would say, bro, you need to find a new career. Yeah. Maybe make a little less money and fix things at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah back, to bit, back to back to grit, passion, and perseverance. You got to have a passion for what you're doing mm-hmm. and be willing to do it over a long duration of time. But again, you yeah. don't have to have a passion it's about your profession. Yeah, you got to yeah. have a passion about what oh. you're doing, which could be yeah, building yeah. your family. Or building your legacy, or yeah. investing or in health and wellness. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's I. I mean, I, I, I agree with you, uh, 
aggressively, mm -hmm. right? Like there's, I limit so the things I, yeah, I know, I can't help it. <laughs> I agree, it's aggressive. <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, I limit what I focus on. I don't play golf. I don't swing, yep. swing a cricket stick. I choose not to. I don't want to. Um, I focus on my business. Mm -hmm. I focus on my family. I focus on my fitness. There you go. You know, the same, you know, we're, we're in very much alignment there. Mm -hmm. um, and hunting. I got that in there. <laughs> but other than that, it like it doesn't consume a minute in my time because I'm not even interested in doing it, mm -hmm, right? Yeah. Because the things I do, I want to be so intentional and I want to be really great at. And I do want, I want to work my way out of 80-hour work weeks, right? So right now, my I'm in the position with my company that I've worked really hard to do this where I only had to give my company eight hours a week, right? After Monday, my business does not need me. It probably barely needs me Monday uh, <laughs> as much as that hurts my feelings. Um I still give it a lot of time because I love it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I truly think we're building something great. Chris touched on this. Chris Mulder touched on this earlier. Um, trying to create something for our people that's bigger than themselves. Yeah. Trying to give them purpose. And that's so. I think it's so awesome that you continue to devote time to it, even though you don't need to. But it's because I know that your heart is not just in work. Right. You're doing it yeah. for a greater purpose. Well, it's to be awesome. Yeah. My what we, I launched the business and knew I had to have a bigger business because I needed the people. The people give me happiness, and, and I think that um, earlier in my, I have a similar career to, to Bradley. My, my career started in sales. Um, I've all, I feel like I was a natural leader. Uh, every position I had always ended up leading me into a management position or a leadership position. Mm -hmm. And I came to a, a point in my career where I was, which one of, the, which one of these uh, paths do I want to be great at? And I decided that for me, what gave me the most filled, fulfillment or filled my cup full was leadership. That's what filled my heart and um, that's what I focused on. There's a reason for it though as well because you can change lives with leadership. You can teach somebody a paint and yeah, it, it's great, you know, you can provide for their family. But with leadership, there's just something so powerful about it that you can, um, you can inspire people on a deep emotional level where you can change lives and it creates a trickle-down effect. I mean, so many kids out there that are what is it, what's that old saying about there's no um, bad people out there, just bad leaders, or bad employees out there, just bad leaders? Mm -hmm. It's the same with like parents and kids as well, in an aspect. Sure. I think that majority of um, of kids that have been hard done by are normally, yeah, there's a, there's a way if you can make an impact and stop it where it is and actually really intentional about um, showing them love and, and compassion and wanting to help them and inspire them to do great I mean what does that do for your legacy right there mm -hmm. yeah um, it's it, it made me uh, that's super powerful but it made me think we uh, Chris and I were uh, hanging out by the pool earlier I had to get there some, was tears yeah there was there was a bit of beers and a bit of tears uh, I had to get a little sun on my head uh, but we were starting we talked about the dichotomy of leadership right it's like how much do you pour in your people and like how like how much you give them uh, attach yourself to them on an emotional level even a social level yeah. right and for me it was such a breakthrough in my business when I realized it's like my team like my reports they have friends they don't need me to be their friend. Mm -hmm. You can't friend my way to great leadership, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. yeah, I, I need. They need accountability partners. They need somebody who's going to come alongside them, ask them what they care about, what they're looking to accomplish, yeah. 
and, and be able to hold them accountable to that. And that, when you're too close on a personal level, uh, when you're hanging out with them and having beers after, after work, it gets really hard. It gets really hard to do, it's not impossible, but it gets really hard to do a, a great job as a leader when you're too close, right? Yeah. So we have to be uh, emotionally invested, but not too close that we can't do our job. And, and I believe the best love, at least for a team member, is tough, tough love. Yeah. You, yeah. you are a ranger, so you, yeah. you like that stuff. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. I don't like hard things at all. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think it's, there's a really interesting um, point being made here about legacy. And I, I think you guys are talking about it in a way that's a little bit different from how most people talk about it or think about it. Most people, when they think about legacy, at least in my experience, it's they want their kids to have some. Right, or they, or they want to have their their name is on the painting company, and, and so they wanted it to be big. But you guys are really, in a way, you're, you're focused on strangers, you know, because yeah. you're focused on recruiting people, changing lives that are not your family's lives, that are not necessarily your friends' lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really powerful. I would like to, I'm going to plug Nick Slavic's event again, even though sure. he, he bailed on us for a meeting. With <laughs> I'm not salty about it. It's fine. It is. What he's it an is. important I, man, Brandon. Yeah. He's got to cut him some slack. Angie, Angie has a much bigger budget than Painter Marketing Pro. I, I do get Brandon it. Brandon does not take it personal it, at all. I don't. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even honestly, I already forgot. He will be talking forgot. about this for years. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. Um, yeah. The conversation was probably better without Dick. <laughs> That's true too. Yeah, we're, we're doing a deeper dive here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Chris Elliott, one of the the things that. I figured out at that event is that you're extremely passionate and you've already mentioned here about leadership, right? Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, I, I think to the point you're even considering potentially starting it at some point, maybe a coaching company or you really want to impact a lot of lives. Mm-hmm. And one of the the struggles you felt you had or, or maybe the restrictions you felt you had was that you guys are using contractors and you thought maybe, maybe I can change more people's lives with, with if they're W2, right? Mm-hmm. So I would love to, so we did take a deep dive in that. I'd love to kind sure. of get that feedback. And then Brad, I would love to to get your thoughts on it, being that you do use contractors. Mm-hmm. You, you say whatever you want to say, and then I'll just tell you how you were wrong. Yeah, whole yeah. correct. Love it. Yeah, yeah. so we're, we're 100%, uh, 100% uh, from our, our labor force, um, subcontractor base. Um, but we it was really two years ago in Phoenix um, where uh, I met Chris Mall, um, and I spent a little bit more time with Nick. And a couple other people I, uh, I've learned to know and love in this business um, where I, I really felt like it's a use it. Like we don't have to be in love with the trade and, and I can't paint a lick, right? Mm-hmm. But I fell in love with the industry because yeah. of the people in it, right? And, and, and I got really passionate about like um, this idea of elevating the trade, this like this movement that we have right now. Um, and then the idea of like there is something really special about a trade. Right, like it is a skill that has utility, and I really, I really like that. Now, I can't teach it myself, um, so something's been um, hung us up. Is like, okay, I got to have somebody that has the time, or the capacity. Well, it's just uh, we run our business on uh, with EOS model, so get it, want it, have the capacity to do it. I got to have somebody who gets it, who wants to do it, and has the capacity to do it. We're not there yet, right? So, but we are really great at recruiting and 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 working with with contractors. Um, and, um, so yeah, so I, I decided I wanted to hire in-house painters, um, because I wanted to contribute. I wanted to, I wanted to contribute and, um, do what Chris Paul's doing and do what Nick's doing and they're building, um, um, their legacy around developing painters, right? Teaching someone their trade, which is so special. 
right? So, um, so we're, we're, we're going to start that path, right? But we are still probably going to be very contractor heavy um, because it just works really great for our business and, and we enjoy it. Like we love our crews, uh, mm-hmm. just as Bradley was saying. Um, and, and one thing we've, we're, we're trying to figure out is like we have an amazing culture in our business um, and how we can get our contractors to be um, a part of that. Right. Your leadership team is W two, so if you have twelve W two employees, yeah, so all are really intentional. Yeah, sure, so, yeah. so, so our, that, you got to touch on that too. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Our, our, so. Yes, you have employees. Yeah. yeah our labor force. Employees. Yeah. Our labor force. Our painters and our carpenters. Um, they're uh, they're they're subcontracted. Um, our admin staff, our sales team, and our production team are all mm-hmm. in house employees. Yeah. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you have basically decided to hire two or, or a couple of W-2s yep, yep, and yep. is it kind of a cheap experiment? So we have a key objective for the year um, to hire two uh, two to three W-2 painters, which will essentially be one residential crew. Um, and, you know, it's going to be it, what we just uh, talked about at the retreat. It's a cheap experiment, mm-hmm. right? Data plus fillings, right? So the feeling is that we think that we'll like it and that we'll be good at it. Let's see what the data tells us. So right, when Brad, you, why is he wrong? When go, you go. when you brought yeah. that up at the retreat, Bring it. <laughs> listen, the retreat was awesome. I thought there was a little bit too much, like yes, and well, you you were. I, was, you, I felt like you, a country you and I were the same you were that way. We want to challenge everything. I was yeah. challenging. Yeah, you, you stood off to Nick. Yeah, what's that? I don't even know you. Too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I took a note in my phone. Uh, it's so funny, oh, and I don't want to cut you off. Uh, but he will. It's what it's so it's funny. It's like we see these these beautiful facades, but if we get close to them, we see the cracks in them, uh-huh. right? And a note I took in my phone is maybe we don't need business coaches, maybe we need therapists, <laughs> because one consistent uh-huh. theme I saw was like we're all bringing our personal trash yeah, into sure. our business, oh, yeah. right? And so there's a there's an expression or quote I love is uh, show me a failing business and I'll show you a failing a failing individual. Yeah. Right. And, and typically that's what it is. They're not business problems, personal problems. It's a lot of a, a theme that I, I recognize. Head, head trash, personal trash. Yeah, limiting yeah. beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, when you yeah. when you brought up in the retreat, my initial feedback was why? Like why how why why can't you develop leaders or elevate the industry without W two employees? Yeah. Especially because just like me you're not a painter, bro. You're not. You're not going to be on the job site teaching guys how to paint, right? Which means you're going to rely, sure be, be relying. <laughs> yeah, hopefully for on it painting yeah. reputation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Chris, Chris would be disgusted with me. The beginning of the end here. Friendship is over. Yeah, okay, it's over. <laughs> so then you're going to be relying on other team members to train these, sure. these painters. So in, in my brain, I'm like, well, how does the two connect? Then you're not going to be working one on one with these painters sure. to teach them up or to, to raise them up, right? And and also like I think that guys like you and I and the way we built our business, our businesses are built is we have the opportunity to elevate the trade in other ways besides just the one-on-one, right? We can make it so attractive to work for Onnit Painting or Somerset Painting that all the other shady contractors that you know, don't do business the you know quote-unquote right way won't be able to find any workers and they'll go sure. out of business and we'll have more opportunity and guys like us with integrity we'll and honesty. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, so that was like, that was my initial instinct. Sure. And I, I am self-aware enough to know that I am a contrarian by nature. I, you say something and I'll immediately like, look at what's that. wrong with that. Like, how can I figure out like, what's the loophole? But ultimately you and Emily said, well, you know what, this is something we would like to try and it's on our heart. So you know what I say? Of course, do it. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And I hope it works and, and I hope that you're, you're proven right. Sure. Um, my, 
my goal, because, you know, even in the short time we spent together, like I feel comfortable that I could challenge you yeah. and you understand where it's coming from, like from my heart, right? That best love stuff love, man. Yeah. And I, I just, I just want you to, to consider, I don't want everyone to just be like, oh yeah, you should absolutely do it if that's what you want to do. It's like, Great. but why do you want to do it? Should you actually do it? Sure. And then if you guys ultimately say, you know what? It may not work. We're going to yeah. try it. It's a cheap experiment. Then of course you should do it. Yeah. Right. I, I think it's such a good choice. Uh, good point and um it's i love i love that you're challenging me on it um i think that as people we're very emotionally charged mm -hmm. so part of that uh desire came from the relationship that i have with chris mullen and, and nick slavic and, and seeing what how special mm -hmm. um what they're doing is um so i think it's great to challenge that and i think the logical um what i what i realized um was what the logical balance to that was it's a cheap experiment. Yep. Let's try that. Yeah. Right. And, and, I, and it's not about Chris Elliott's legacy. It's about Aunt Penny's legacy. Sure. Um, now they're both and they're not mutually, mutually exclusive. Um, but it's like, I don't have to teach them um, the trade for it to matter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, when I was in my bubble before I met all of you guys and realized like kind of what the industry was actually like, um, I was thinking the same thing. Like, how do I transition to an employee based model? But then I met Jason Paris, yeah. and I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't got to do that. Subcontractors it. works, and he's building. Yes. He has a thriving, thriving company and a healthy company, and he's keeping 150 painters busy nonstop. That's pretty darn healthy. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. and it, it kind of like cured me. Though, part of me, <laughs> a lot of times I would like to have like two or three painters yeah. on staff, so I can right. say, All right, I just need you to yeah, go do go this. Do it, yeah, right. Yeah. And we do. We we call that role. Uh, production associate uh -huh. so they do uh they do a bit of painting touch-ups okay. uh, repairs um i so the theme of the uh arizona um pco pca expo um there was seemed to be a theme of sub versus w2 mm -hmm. and it's like everyone who has a w2 model wants a sub model yeah. and, and vice versa, yeah, vice yeah. versa. I wish. it's really and that'll model. solve all, all yeah. your problems yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, yeah at the end right. of the day yeah. it's it, it, it's 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 a people, it's a people issue, you know, and, and the, the, you know, an interesting thing about a trade business is like the reason why they typically grow slowly is because we have to, we have to, uh, scale our operations as we scale our company. Um, and so like we're, as, as Bradley says, like, okay, yeah, Hey, I want to do $4 million in revenue. Well, marketing it is, is a factor selling the jobs is a factor, but then like, having the capacity to, right. to be able to produce that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think as business owners, we have to, we have to, to dig in and be uh, really strategic and tactical on what is our lab, labor force. And, mm -hmm. and so again, and we talked about this again, uh, before, but like our permission to play should be, if we're really going to elevate this trade, the quality should be there. That's, that's like, a, yeah. that's, Dude, that's the table like, stakes. Yeah, you want to sit on a table, you got to yeah. be able to paint. Yeah. Well. Like I, I don't yeah. even know why that's in, in question. So then it becomes like, how would, so we, we know we're going to deliver a great uh, quality product. Then how can we make it easy? So our tagline, I love that you were saying that earlier, our tagline for our business is we make it easy. Yeah. And, and we, and that, and we mean that with everything. Mm -hmm. like we make it easy to find us. We make it easy to understand us. Mm -hmm. If we make it easy to sign up for an estimate, we make it easy to go through the estimate, to get the proposal, to do the job with us, yeah. and to pay your bill, yeah. right? Yeah. And then to find us again when you're ready to hire us for the second time. Yeah, there, right? there, there was a, um, a staple that, you guys remember that commercial with staples, easy button? Yeah. It was a, that com I, I always think about that commercial with everything. I think it was... The, Chris actually carries one in his pocket. <laughs> you carry the easy button? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But 
um, Chris Elliott, you just it made a really interesting point about kind of scaling up. And I know one of the decisions you've made, so you're, you're at uh, you're at three and a half million, right, right now. And you said prior to us starting filming the podcast that you could be over five right now. But you've been very intentional about your growth. Can you kind of speak to that? Yeah. So we, I, I believe we could have been yeah, north of five million if we were willing to sacrifice um, the quality, our quality of life for ourselves or our, our people, mm -hmm. right? But we wanted to be really, really careful uh, on the way that we grew and scaled our business. Um, and one of the ways that we had success with that was implementing EOS. And I did it over a two-year period, but it created such a great framework for my business um, that now like we're uh, we're in a really, really great position to grow and so we're forecasted for 3.6 but um so we we now have two residential sales reps um and two commercial sales reps one just started uh this month um he transitioned from a residential sales role and we've had one commercial sales rep who's been focused on commercial sales for a year and we say 3.6 it could absolutely be over yeah. five this year and mm -hmm. we're very well prepared for it um so we have a really we fun. have a position in our company that's a scheduling and recruiting coordinator um, and the theme for us, for him this past year, was if we are going to have a network of contractors, yeah, like we will have capacity. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. we, 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 with conviction, we have capacity. So we sell the job. We're going to produce it. And we're going to produce it at high quality. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, you, you will make it happen. So Chris Mole, uh, you, you've kind of gone dark on us. I know, I know um, you just bring it back. Yeah, like well, it, like <laughs> but you got you, you have a lot to add, right? And and you are in this. This tiny little area. I think, I think I, I'm guilty of it. I know that. I think we look for excuses, right? Mm -hmm. As entrepreneurs, we, we want to find a reason why if something doesn't go well, um, it's not our fault or, or it was outside of our control. I think the blessing and the curse of being an entrepreneur is it is always your fault, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Anything that ever happens, it's your fault. Taking extreme ownership. A hundred percent accountability, a hundred percent ownership. You, you are in a tiny little spot man you're doing almost seven figures right and and you're in this i mean what the hell it's like a high school where you live so can you talk to that yeah i mean it was a grind at first as well you know it was them 80 hour weeks i was out there being consistent and persistent and putting me name out there and giving back to the community i feel like in a really small tight niche market you have to be really involved and give back and care and it's hard man it is it really is hard um yeah we we do different events we you know i think that we, we just do our best you know we really do our best and trying to give back you guys, did a, you guys did a really cool event last week, right? Or the week before? Yeah, with an old girls school. trade school oh. class for the Bemidji mm -hmm. Careers Academy. There. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, that was such a. Chris called me and told me about it. It was it was so cool. Like they went in and presented. So it was like not only a contribution to that school, um, but his uh, uh, employee he's been doing one of the ones with. Mm -hmm. Let you share, but that's like where she like it made it made an impact for her. Yeah, she got to up. go. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I teared up from it. Because she, she stood up and, and spoke about her experience working for a painting company. And it was like, wow, this is painting. Like, I come from a, an era where these old dogs will just be... It's not like this. 
you know, it's really not like this from where I came from. It's only just recently that everybody's been so open and wanting to help each other, um, like inspire each other to do better because we all do better when we do better, right? Yeah. I mean, as cliche as it sounds, it's industry. right? And um, yeah, this, I give all kudos to Chris, man. I mean, and his, he's been a mentor to me for the, the last two years, an accountability partner, talk weekly, like sometimes daily, you know? So I think like finding a, finding somebody that you really trust and care and love and, and, and really um, look up to and, and um, yeah, and doing the same back. Yeah. And it just, it helps, it really helps you build the team and what do you say about um, about your, your reality your experiences yeah yeah your expectations and experiences create uh, or construct your reality right um, and uh, yeah and, and I think we talked about that earlier as well it's like there's people who are going to participate in this expo and their expectation is that it's going to be uh, competitors and mm, yeah, uh, I love enemies, that. Yeah. right? And they're going to come, and they won't contribute, and they're going to fly home. Keep their secrets. Right? Yeah, they're going to not be willing to share information. It's a mindset. Uh, thing. Yeah, right. and they'll fly home and they'll say, "Well, that was a waste of time and money." Yeah. And there'll be other people, as Chris said, that are like willing to be open and contribute and share information and challenge. I mean, like these guys, I I, I respect ugh, so much, right? The attribute, like Chris, like has the passion that will light the world on fire. Mm-hmm. And and Bradley has, like, the reason why he's willing to challenge is because he cares, yeah. right? That, like, that's love. Yeah, right. Hey, do your thing, waste your money. Hire yeah. employees. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I won't challenge you so you can go do it the hard way, right? Yeah. And you, like, you did it, just kind of props, you did it in a legitimately uncomfortable way. I mean, we 100%, I think, had group think going on. I mean, I know one of the things you did is Nick was was yeah. he was going very deep in stuff that everyone's kind of nodding. You're like, that's stupid. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, I did not say you that. Didn't, you didn't say, I didn't say that. Maybe what yeah. you heard, but that's not but what you said. You didn't say it's stupid, it's like, but you just, you, you 100% took the opposite way, uh, unapologetically, logically, and yes. said, but, but why? Why do you th- why are you yeah. saying well, that? Well, part, part of that is part of that is my my sales background. It's like the you know Nick expressed his need as I want my employees to be 100 percent happy. And what's the need behind the need? Like why? Why why do you need that? And why do you think that they need that? And yeah, uh, I mean that's I mean I've had formal sales training, so I think now it's just ingrained in my brain that that's my response. Is you know if you if you want to get if you want to have employees, like, but why? Right. Like really, yeah. what's the purpose, and it, will it will it achieve your? Yeah, and I think goal? part of that is the technical training, but man, part of it is like I pick up on that passion too, man. Yeah. I think you do have a passion for this trade, and yeah. you, you you showed up to that oh. event and you showed up to this event so willing to be open and share information. Yeah, and I don't, well, I don't I don't want to be misinterpreted. Like sure. it's not. I think this industry. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how lucky am I, and how blessed am I that I stumbled in to this industry. Well, for, in general, I would, thank, like you, thank you. Life, work, and fitness. Thank you. I mean, I love people. <laughs> yeah, Bryce is passive. No, like I, I love people, and I love my life. Like I am, man. I wish everyone had the life I had. This world would be all the problems would be solved. Like I'm such a like joyful dude. Yeah. Uh, but it's not because of anything I've done. I I've been blessed with an amazing wife and an amazing career, and now two amazing kids, and I get to do things that make me happy. 
Uh, and I want to provide that. I want everyone to feel that, sure. right? And that's the nice thing about, you know, this isn't competition. You're not my competitor. Yeah. It's not the NFL. If, if Onnit Painting wins, if Chris Elliott wins, Brad Ellison doesn't lose. Take anything away. No, yeah. we can all win. And I'm smart enough to know that, like, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Why, why would I try to invent a new process for a painting company when Chris Elliott and Chris Mole and Jason Paris and Nick Slavic and all the guys that we know that are here this week have already done it? I'll just take, I'll just steal all their ideas yeah, and implement them in Detroit, yeah. and now guess what? Good I'm point. more successful. Yeah, I, and more people I delayed, have more opportunities. I delayed implementing EOS for five years because I thought it was smarter than it. <laughs> and then I was just like, hey, there's this great business uh, operating system. Like, let's just implement it and do that, um, right? <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's such a great point. Yeah, yeah bless that, Ben. Funny to see him, like, you were seeing there before as well. Your mindset is such a it's so huge because your first expo you came in and thought it was a complete waste of time. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, then the second one you came in and it was with a different mindset. So you checked yourself. Different set of expectations, different, different yeah. mindset. Yeah. So my first expo was Galveston. And uh, so I launched my business with a business bar. I wasn't there. No, yeah. Yeah. If you were there, you would have loved it. Way better. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, he, he wasn't, really wanting to, to participate and, mm-hmm. and I wanted to, to honor him. And, and so him and I hung out at the pool a lot and, and had some drinks and didn't do a whole lot of classes. Right. And so then I didn't do Savannah and, and I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do Arizona, I'm going by myself. I'm going to dive head in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do every class I can do. I'm going to meet every person I can meet. Um, and not to be overly dramatic, but it has impacted my life greatly. Yeah, some of my I spend more time with Chris Mole, and he lives in northern Minnesota, yeah. than I do some of my friends in Indianapolis. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Some of my my closest uh, relationships and friendships um, have come out of the relationships PCA. that I built at that PCA. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. Man. And uh, yeah, one of the closest. And then, with your competitors. Yeah, with my competitors, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and it's like, man, like that's. I think that we are. Man, I like to believe that we're doing something. I, I like to believe that we're really creating. Uh, a movement of being like, hey, like we can we can all be friends, mm-hmm. right? Even yeah. if you're in my market, bro. If, even if you're if in you, my market, I know your 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 goal is what, like uh, eight locations or something. Uh, you, yeah, three locations, three states. There we go. Three locations, yeah. three states. Like, yeah. Honestly, like part of me is like, please don't move to Detroit. I don't want to do with it. Do but then we can hang out more. Well, <laughs> absolutely. But if Anna Painting was there, great. I want the I want the market in in oh, Detroit yeah. to be elevated. Then we can. They, they can compare my estimate and be like, okay, that's, you know, yeah. that's a good estimate. It's a little higher yeah. than I thought. And, but on opinions, that's a good estimate. It's a little higher than we yeah. thought. He's going to, they're going to choose one of us. Yeah, like, in, 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 in most markets, painting is completely underpriced, right? Yeah. In the marketplace. Um, it is only doing us all a greater service if, if we have great businesses in our marketplace that are, that are uh, able to charge a higher rate yeah. um, that we deserve, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you have... You still have painting companies out there charging a rate of $25, 30 an hour. Right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we could probably all agree that the only reason, the only reason that Jason Paris and Nick Slavic are successful is because they're both in the same market. Mm. Right? Yeah, that, yeah, 100%. The rest of these guys, there's actually no opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> it's not their skills or yeah. their passion. I'm yeah. just kidding, yeah. of course. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, I think Chris Moll's proven it. I mean, he can go into a small yeah. market and make a huge impact. Yeah. He's, from, he's not even from the country. 
Yeah. Right. Well, that, I mean, that's part of his edge, though. He sounds so smart. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Why do I sound like a drunken pirate? <laughs> <laughs> or, or that. And yeah. maybe they're just yeah. Some people find that attractive. I, yeah. Yeah. So, Some people yeah. do. I don't think it has anything to do with that gray hair and that beautiful no, jawline. Yeah. That's <laughs> parts of the Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things, uh, Chris Mole, that, that you talked a lot about doing and that I've noticed as a theme is, is when you're in small communities, especially giving first, you know, leading with value, being involved in the community. I mean, you can take what is sort of a negative, right? You have kind of a limited demographic to target and you can turn it into a positive because you can also get everybody to know you. You're a volunteer firefighter. You put on all these events. People know, right? I gave a presentation today about know, like, and trust. People know, like, and trust you. You know, they know that you restored a 14th century castle in England. They know you know what you're doing. So there's enough work there. And one of the things Jason Paris says is if you think there's not enough work, Go into your local Sherwin-Williams store and ask them how many gallons of paint are sold, mm-hmm. right? Every day, every month. Okay, uh, how many jobs is that? How much per job? What percentage? That requires that work. That, re- that requires me taking responsibility. Oh, God. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I don't want to take ownership because then that means I have the responsibility of fixing it. Right. It's better if it's just not your fault. Right. Yeah. yeah, that way it's we easier. can just sit and, yeah. and feel bad for ourselves. Yeah, and, yeah. that's uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, uh Expressions I at least we use Emily and I, my wife. Uh, the uh, the struggle, uh, the success is not guaranteed, but the struggle is right. So if you're going to do this, you have to be, you have to get a level of satisfaction from the process, mm-hmm. or as much if not more than the outcome, because the outcome is not guaranteed. The journey, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So so um, so we have to embrace the struggle. We have to accept responsibility and ownership. Um, when there's issues, because then we're in control, right? I can't say I hope we're able to fix this. Mm-hmm. Like I hope sends it out in the universe and, and it takes zero responsibility. It's like, no, like these are problems. If it's a business problem, it's been solved before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's a great it, point. Right. And you mentioned so, something in the break in the panel discussion that you were on today mm-hmm. about the process and like having having that perspective. And yeah. you signed up for this, yeah. and so yeah. the hardships are like part yeah. of it. It's expectations, and, right? Yeah, and I, I guess the only thing I would add to that is like, just think about your perspective about how great we have it. Sure. I mean, yeah. break it down. We live in America. Yeah. Right? Which yeah. is better than England, as Chris Mullen would agree with. <laughs> way, way better. Hey, Chris yeah. Mullen yeah. celebrated I mean, the he lived of here. July on my boat in America. <laughs> we, we live in such a great place, and we have such great opportunities, and we own our own businesses. Like, we're in the minority, and so the, the, the minor inconveniences of a, a problem customer or a, a botched paint job or a spilled gallon of paint – Man, we should still have joy. We we are yeah. we are so lucky. Sure. We are so lucky, yeah. even if we don't have much. Yeah, yeah. I view it. Uh, I mean, it, it sounds a little bit cheesy, maybe, but I really do believe it's a privilege to fight. You know, a lot of people in other countries and, and other parts of the world, and even a lot of people in the U.S. That that's not really a, a viable sure. opportunity. For them. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't get to to grind eighty hours a week trying to build something. They don't get to have customers be kind of terrible or employees mm-hmm. be terrible. That, that's a privilege that yeah. you get to have that because you have the upside. Right. You have the opportunity that much of the world yeah. just really doesn't have. Sure. Let's be thankful that these are the things that keep us up at 3 a.m. in the morning. Right. right? Yeah, yeah not, not, not a lot sure. of other things that could. Yeah. I must say that I am a, a passionate patriot of, of my hometown in England, but America is the greatest country in the world. I've been to many different countries. I've traveled the world all over and... You can't get what you get here, mm. you know. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's that's cool. Amazing. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. 
Thank you for colonizing. Cheers to that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Cheers to that. My friends back in England are like, traitor. We never want them back. (laughs) (laughs) Good accent. Thank you. Much better than Nick's level. Working on it. Well, guys, we are are coming up on the hour. I I think the PCA might be kicking us out here soon. Mm -hmm. Last thoughts? Last thoughts. What do you you guys have? I appreciate you guys. Brandon, I appreciate what you're doing. I think you are uh, an industry expert. And anyone that listens to this, um, that tunes in and, and laughs along with us and, and gets any nugget. Um, I'm, I'm happy for that. But really, in speaking with you on the retreat, Brandon, you are an expert at what you do. And it, particularly companies that are that are coming up on the you know, 500,000 or a million dollar revenue, you should talk to Brandon. You should reach out for his services and he will make you more money. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're in business for, is you know, partly to make more money, which is what we're all doing, Talk to Brandon. So that's that's the first thing. Second thing, thank you guys. I really appreciate how you guys have challenged me, and um, I love spending time with you. Really, I, yeah. it's just fun. Brad, yeah. your your PayPal is B Allison. <laughs> I don't want your money. Wait, I don't want your money. Wait, wait, wait. We're getting compensation. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, just a second. That like the the networking, um, the the deepening the relationships, mm-hmm. um, just make this. Uh, uh, these expos really, really powerful. Um, and you know, one thing Emily and I were uh, debriefing after the retreat, and, and Brandon, I, I got to give you a compliment, man. Like Emily was just like, man, I really liked Brian, uh, Brandon. Like mm-hmm. I really liked his uh, his approach to his business. Um, we have worked with great vendors, and we have worked with really bad mm-hmm. vendors. And, and mm-hmm. uh, so every business has to have people, processes, and product, right? People is such a big component, and that's people in our organizations, that's our contractors, that's our vendors. Uh, I know what it's like to work with a bad vendor, and and I uh, believe in my time with you that you're a great vendor. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. And it really, I mean, going to these retreats and and doing these PCA events, he doesn't just like go on the panel and then that's it, he sits in his room, you know, he actually sits down and cares about so back to what we were talking about before as well about how to retain employees i mean you're already on that path as well like subconsciously on how do i yeah engagement and actually care and ask them what they want really really intentional actually sit down and care about what people want and what their needs are like it's not it because you know what the end goal is going to be you know but you're like enjoying the the process on the way there um can be enjoyable. Yeah. And you're putting in the effort to understand what painting contractors want and need. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think there's a lot of marketers that provide marketing services, but you specialize yeah. in painters yeah. and you are investing the time to learn what we yeah. need and want. So yeah, this was, this was nice. I didn't yeah. expect that to be the final. I, I appreciate you. I mean, you're a, on a personal level, you're a ta- terrible human <laughs> being, I, but I, you're, I am uh, the worst. your services are valuable. Yeah, yeah. you guys are going to be the podcast. <laughs> we are not going to get a drink. Bye. <laughs> Let's just hope it, uh, everyone hasn't stopped the podcast by this point. Yeah. <laughs> they no. didn't hear the they plug. They didn't, they didn't put hear the shameless plug. Yeah, peace. Yeah. <laughs> I can just yeah. move this part yeah. out. Yeah. God, no, uh, we we appreciate your contribution. To appreciate our history, man. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Thanks, man. Yeah, and I I appreciate you guys being willing. I know we gave up a little bit. Well, uh, we are drinking, but we did yeah. give up a little bit of the the free uh, the boozing that we're yeah. gonna do tonight for this. And I appreciate you guys making the time. There's obviously a lot of uh, you're being pulled a lot of different directions these couple of days. So thank you for, for sharing. It, it's been a, a real treat. Yeah. yeah. Likewise. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon. Cheers. Thanks, gentlemen.
If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Hey there, painting company owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we did. And also, if you're interested in taking your painting business to the next level, make sure you visit the Painter Marketing Pros website at paintermarketingpros.com to learn more about our services. You can also reach out to me directly by emailing me at brandon at paintermarketingpros.com and I can give you personalized advice on growing your painting business. Until next time, keep growing. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.